I'm Louise Potterton. In this episode, we look at the role of the IAEA safeguards inspectors. The agency has around 250 inspectors that visit over 900 nuclear facilities worldwide. But before they can do the job, they need to learn the tricks of the trade. And the IAEA runs a course to introduce the newly appointed inspectors to the safeguard system. I spoke to Therese Rennis, an experienced inspector who conducts part of the introductory course. There's a whole set of tools that the inspectors need to learn. Um, First of all, they need to understand the safeguard system in general. They need to understand also the legal background and the underpinnings for the activities that we conduct. And then there are a lot of basic techniques that we employ. We use a lot of types of equipment. They need to learn how to use that equipment in the field and how to record the results once they come back to headquarters. And so it's a quite intensive course, um, and I, I, of course it can't teach the inspectors everything, but it arms them with the tool set that they would need to first go out in the field then and start to conduct their activities. Now this is quite a unique position, a very challenging position. What type of background does a future inspector have to have to be able to work in the field? Well, uh, of course, uh, the educational background is important, and the inspectors would need to have university degree in engineering or in sciences, and in particular areas of science and engineering are most sought after. In addition, the in- inspectors would need to have some experience in the nuclear field. We particularly look for people who have hands-on experience in nuclear fuel cycle facilities, but there may be other types of experience that's also relevant. There's a wide range of uh, attributes and skills that are desirable, but we recognize that not all candidates will have the full skill set. So we look for uh, the people with the right sets of skills that will complement the teams that we have in the house. You have around 250 inspectors at the moment. Is there a certain geographical breakdown? Do you have to have so many from particular regions, for example? Well, in the IAEA, uh, the IAEA is made up of member states that make different levels of contributions depending on their size. And so we do look for a geographical distribution. We don't look just for inspectors from developed countries with developed nuclear fuel cycles, but from all of the different member states. The new inspectors will start in January 2010. From your experiences, what what will you say will be the main challenges they will face when they do start the job? Well, I think it's understanding how to apply the tools that they have. They know all of the theory, but when they get into the field, it's even uh, there are logistical challenges to make sure that they collect all of the equipment and their dosimeters that they need, that they uh, are familiar with where to go, how to get there, and with the transportation in general. And many of them, maybe most of them, may be accompanied by other inspectors who can help them with those details. Now, we do hear a lot in the news about the, the inspectors, the nuclear watchdogs, the IEA inspectors. What is it that they actually do? What do they inspect? Well, as a very basic um, aspect of our job, we verify declared nuclear material at declared facilities in countries. But in addition to that, we're always looking for signs or indications of potentially undeclared nuclear material and activities. So while a core 
activity that we do is going and measuring nuclear material and uh, reviewing accountancy reports and auditing the books at nuclear facilities. We also are looking for indicators of other activities that might not be declared. When you talk about undeclared activities, what do you mean by this? Well, the state declares to us what they're doing at the different nuclear facilities and how they're developing their nuclear programs. And so we would be interested to see if there's any indications, for example, that the state might be doing R&D into areas of the fuel cycle which they declare to us they're not. Or, for example, if there's an enrichment plant, we would look for indications of a state enriching to a higher level of U-235 than that what is declared for that facility. Certain reactors use fuels of certain enrichments if they enrich higher. It could be potentially used for a nuclear weapons program or for other activities or for reactors that aren't declared uh, to us. So we would just look to see that everything, that the activities that the state is doing is in accordance with what they've told us. Can you tell me about the types of facilities that your inspectors inspect? The inspectors go to a wide range of facilities. It depends what uh, region of the world they're assigned to, but in some more developed fuel cycle, uh, fuel cycle countries, um, the inspectors could be inspecting everything from conversion, fuel fabrication, enrichment, uh, the reactors, of course, research reactors, even reprocessing plants that would then separate out the, the plutonium, uranium from spent fuel and, and recycle it back into um, mixed oxide fuels. So there's the wide range of fuel cycle facilities. And then what do they do with this information? They must gather a, a lot of information. What happens to this information? Well, every time an inspector goes uh, to a particular facility, they would record the activities. So there's activities like book audits and uh, the comparison of records and reports, the reports we get from the state with the records that are at the facilities. So nuclear material accountancy is very important. They would also do sampling of nuclear material. So they would select uh, certain samples or, or items from the nuclear material and verify that those items contain the nuclear material, said to contain ensure that all the nuclear material is present, and then they would report on that back here at headquarters, and we'd do an evaluation of the results. <laughs>